0: Welcome to episode 570 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Sunday, July 1st. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined by Nick Pollock. It's our fireside chat on a Sunday afternoon. How's it going, Nick?
1: What is happening? Yeah, we're doing it again. Uh, I know it's not as loud as it was no. last time.
0: Apparently, there was some, they said, was somebody playing a flute off screen? The, I don't recall the music that was playing. Like, it, it was drowned out for us. We weren't thinking about it. But I understand how, you know listening to a pod or watching the stream, like you take in that background noise and like that's all you take in.
1: <laughs> right. But no, we're you not, not going to have any special on. guests. I'm sorry. Nope. No, no special nothing. guests.
0: Unless Ryan Spielberg pops into one of our apartments, <laughs> which at that point we'd have trouble. With No offense, Ryan, but we'd have some questions. What are you, what are you doing here? Put Charlotte down right now. Um, but we're going to talk some L.A. This is the L.A. cast because we're going to focus on a few Dodgers. And they're interesting rotation, especially as they get the God back. And then a little quick follow up at the end on, on Tyler Skaggs because. Yeah, it's blowing my mind. He keeps doing his Houdini. I, I don't know. Like, you wrote him up. You said, watch out. And we were talking. I remember we talked about it on the show, and it was like, well, can he really keep this up? You know, he's got extra change-up up usage. Where's he at? And so we'll take a little check in on him. But let's start with the Dodgers. And uh, let's start with Ross Stripling. We have mentioned him. He was as a Final Thoughts himself. It was it was one of the uh, uh, casts a few weeks ago. And like Skaggs, since we talked about him, he's been nothing but great. I mean, he just continues to be great. You're still talking about a 198 ERA, 107 whip this year, 10.4 strikeouts, 1.4 walks. I mean, he has been amazing. And uh, let's see. We talked about him on the 27th. So basically you take his last start in May and then all of his June starts. That's six starts of a 2-2-5 ERA with 39 strikeouts, three walks in 36 innings for Ross Stripling. He's been amazing. Sullivan wrote him up. I told you all I got Sullivan there. I was ready to <laughs> write a piece about him and, nice. and he did a great job and it was, you know, it was awesome. It's like I, basically the same exact stuff, the the tunneling of the fastball curveball combination and how hilariously it fools the opposition, but Ross Stripling. Now we're about a half, se- you know, we're getting to about a half season in of excellence. And in 16 and 17, it's not like he was bad. Like right. it, it, this isn't a bad start uh, pitcher that's come out of nowhere. It was a really solid, uh, fireman, middle relief, swingman sort of guy who's emerged into a stud. What are you seeing with Ross Stripling and what can we expect in the second half?
1: It's kind of crazy. I mean, so he started starting on the, the 30th of April. He also had one very brief uh, inning of relief on the 3rd of May. But yeah, as a starter, including that one inning, it's a 229 array with a 29% K rate,
0: 2.4% walk rate. That's crazy. That's the craziest part right there, the walk rate. And, because I, yeah. Sorry, I, just with the breakers, I can see the strikeouts, but that walk rate. That, well, that, that's what's blowing my mind with so him.
1: that's because of a 55 percent zone rate on a slider and he loves throwing it glove side uh he actually does the McHugh which no one really does now I'd say the McHugh this is like 2014 prime column McHugh the reason for his success a lot of people talked about the curveball it was actually McHugh was super talented at throwing high sliders mm-hmm. that started out of the zone everyone says okay this is not going to work and then just kind of comes down and clips the top of it freeze
0: him and and I think he's doing it again. By the way, just as a side note on McHugh, yeah, point ninety seven ERA in thirty seven relief innings for them. Um, so yeah, that that's a great comparison. I love that you're bringing up McHugh,
1: and that's what he does against lefties. So he comes <laughs> high and tight with with sliders. It's essentially kind of what uh, also what Mariano Rivera used to do with his cutter. He'd go high and tight with that. Obviously different movement, but that's the philosophy. If you can kind of like sneak that pitch in there. It can be very effective, and with right-handers, he's staying down and away with it, but both on the plate mostly. So being, being able to have that confident secondary pitch, you can throw for strikes all the time and pair that with a four-seamer that stays up. Um, he is definitely doing the full elevated four-seamer bit, and that's working perfectly. So well, yeah, and both then... of those pitches a 55% zone rate, and of course dropping the curve low in the zone to both.
0: And it it just drops off the table, and he does have – stripling has the tunneling effect working brilliantly with the high fastball, high slider, and then boom, off the table curve, and you're never seeing it. And they're just flailing over the top of it, and that's where you're getting the strikeouts. So the fastball slider is keeping those walks down, and then the curveball – is is putting batters away uh, generally speaking obviously he makes his things uh but uh he's been tremendous now if there's one thing that kind of stands out on the stat profile to me as i'm looking at it is an 8.3 hits per 9 which is not bad but it doesn't ring elite like the rest of the profile sure. so, what do you think about that
1: right so I mean, he has a 315 BABIP. uh he is a it is a ground ball guy 51.5% so you do you know you're you're a little bit used to an elevated BABIP. i don't think it's going to be that high yeah. I, mean, I think he's pitching well enough to avoid that. At the same time, left on base rate eighty nine percent is ridiculous. <laughs>
0: you don't think that's going to hold? <laughs>
1: no, no I mean kidding. I'm saying eighty nine percent. By the way, since uh, the thirtieth of April, I've just kind of ignored his relief stuff. Yeah, ninety one overall,
0: but uh, just right. lop off the relief stuff, and he's ta- Nick's talking about as strippling as a starter.
1: Right, so. Uh, it, it's interesting to me i mean that curveball and i talk about money pitches being 40 40 15 40, 0 swing 40 zone rate 15% whiff rate his curveball just misses with a 39% whiff rate and 44% o swing 17% whiff but it is a curveball and i, I mean, i've alluded to this a couple times where when i say money pitches it that normally applies to sliders and changeups most of the role. and curveballs kind of they don't often have like the. They can have a lower threshold. Exactly. You can kind of
0: tweak it for a money curve because you watch Ross Stripling and I think he would come away yeah. saying that's a money curve.
1: Right. I mean, it's a fantastic pitch. And that's part of the reason why he also has that great ground ball rate is because when they do make contact, they roll over it a ton. I I like it a lot. His up I haven't mentioned, is pretty mediocre uh, 34% zone rate and 30% whiff rate. It means he's essentially not getting strikes with it often. Uh, they mm-hmm. haven't killed it. That's a good thing. But,
0: no, and he does mix it in 12% on the on the changeup for Stripling, but it's not – it's, it's not a show. And it's I a don't show really,
1: yeah, I don't want to mention it much because of this. Uh, now, the one thing that I, I was curious about early on with Stripling was that his schedule was pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, back, back when he played the Diamondbacks twice, they were not the same Diamondbacks as they damn. were now. So he faced them twice, and then the Padres and then the Reds. And the struggling Nationals, and then the Padres again, and then the Phillies, and then the Pirates. Like these were all not strong teams, and in that stretch, save for that first start against the Diamondbacks, there was only four earned runs. I mean, he had four shutout appearances in that, or three, I should say. One was one was relief. Um, but then recently, though, it was the Braves, Giants, Cubs twice. Yes, and he's done well
0: very well those are his last four starts he's gone more than uh, six plus in three of them and then the most recent start five innings one run against those cubs again so you're talking about a three era in 24 innings 23 to one strikeout to walk ratio for stripling five homers there, kind of right. doing most of the damage and th- i think that kind of marries up well right the the low walk rate obviously he's living in the zone so he's going to give up some homers looks like more solo shots than anything else i guess looking forward where where are we at with Stripling? Do you We do believe that the Dodgers will keep him in the rotation, right? They're not gonna do anything squirrely no, yeah, there's no with Bueller coming back. Okay, I didn't I didn't right. think so, but they, they can be wild sometimes. Um but what are your expectations for the second half of Ross Stripling?
1: Right. So I'm looking at those last four starts, and I kind of this is much closer to what I actually expect from him. Um it's a three oh seven CR, but then also a four fip and I um, mean, it's obviously because of that nineteen uh, percent homer per five ball is the main difference there between the two. I think something in the middle there. I think like a three five ERA sounds about right, yeah, or so with about a twenty four percent K rate, and I, and I walk rate right will still be good. I mean, I think the floor is great. lower than people think it is. Um, like a great example was Flaherty, where he had these nine starts that were great, and he got he got pretty lit up against the Indians. <laughs> Uh, and we kind of forget that, yeah, it's he's doing great. He's you know you want to throw him out there every time. Of course, we're not saying don't do that, but be aware that you know we don't think he's going to be a top twenty pitcher, even though his numbers have been an absolute stud so far.
0: Exactly, and don't panic the first time that Stripling gets right. rocked, like yep. five six runs. It's like okay, this is kind of uh, bound to happen at some point because that's just the way it works with pitching—the ebbs and flows of their season and of their stuff. Uh, We'll see what it's like in the dog days of August. Uh, He had 100 innings in 2016 in the majors, 74 last year. And that was a full season in the majors. He had three other innings in the minors. So that's all he pitched. So we're going to see. He's a 28-year-old. So I think Stripling's kind of out of the injury nexus to worry about limiting his innings. But it's going to be that first six-month trudge through a full season. And we'll see how he responds. Um, If you're selling high – yeah. First off, do you believe you can and actually get like a high impact bat?
1: I think you should be able to concerning that. I think you can't do I it. always say like the fantasy world when it comes to
0: starters, it's like 5 or 6 starts is when the market starts shifting. For sure. Absolutely. You got a little sample there. You got about a month of high quality work and obviously he's got uh, Stripling's got more than that. I think you can really sell him for a high impact bat. And, um, and and get something not, – not necessarily commensurate with a 198 ERA, but something commensurate with like a low-3s ERA guy. Oh, and yeah. if, if that, you believe he's going to be now. 350, 375 the rest of the way, then you want to cash that in and get the big bat. So I would definitely consider trading him because I do think you'll get something uh, very nice back with Stripling.
1: Yeah, I think that's something I'd agree with too. All
0: right. Let's move on to uh, the blister god, Rich Hill. He's back. <laughs> and, uh, you know – this is so Rich Hill, by the way. I got a question in my chat on on Friday. Start Rich Hill against Colorado. I'm like, ooh, I don't know. They're really good against lefties. And, of course, he dominates them. Because you forget sometimes, or I did. I, mean, I won't put that on everybody else. But I, I forget that when he's on, he's matchup proof. And it doesn't really matter. And so my answer shouldn't have been based on the matchup. It should have been based on, like, okay, well, I I think his crusty old skin will hold up for six innings. So go ahead and start him. <laughs> and well- uh it's also kill Rocky Road.
1: Rocky Road oh, yeah. is super sweet. Which so if it's Rocky, it. Rocky's on the road. You want uh,
0: all I, of I it. I love it, by the way. Yeah, the Rocky... Uh, people using the Rocky Mountain Way in my Twitch chat, by the oh, way. Oh, nice. Awesome. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's a great call, too. The Rocky Road with the Rockies coming coming to the Dodgers there. Should have been more open to it. Six and two-thirds, six hits. One run, ten strikeouts, no walks. So, Rich Hill, obviously we know the, the concerns of the health how does that make you treat him in the fantasy landscape? Because he's a pain in the ass. Tom. Oh yeah.
1: Uh, funny story about that start against Colorado. I uh, just this past week, they finally added foul balls to the Baseball Savant game feed, which is amazing. And that's because I talked to Darren on Twitter. And there you said, go. You please add this. He goes, yeah, we can make this happen, and he's my hero. And so I'm yeah, trying great. to gauge. You know, I only had the week of data to kind of sift through and see trends with foul balls relative to cold strikes plus whiffs at a CSW. And this was a crazy one. Uh, he induced 40 foul balls in 110 pitches. What? I have not seen, like, I, I think the highest I've seen prior is like 29. And he what? 40. Now, what's also crazy is that a CSW was 31 in 110. So he had 71 pitches that were strikes but not a ball in play. Okay. That's super high. Yes, uh, out of ad-
0: 110. If you Mitchell. add
1: 15 for the the balls in play, it's 86 strikes. <laughs> That's called pumping Ooh, the zone. Crap. <laughs> right? Uh, and it's kind of interesting that you see 10 strikeouts after 40 foul balls. Normally, like you talk about with Verlander, it's his lack of getting uh, putting guys away before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was in the context of Luke Weaver. I mean, Luke Weaver this year, rest in peace. But, uh, but last Roughly. year he was he was one of the better guys in inducing foul balls, and it helped him get strikeouts because those were happening earlier in the count. And I think we talked about that in preseason, here. right? Exactly. I uh, so I mean, if you own Rich Hill, you can't trade him.
0: No one. No, because you won't. You won't get fair value, and you know what exactly. you bought into, right? Like this is not a shock that he's a pain in the butt. To exactly. own. It's, it's been that way with Rich Hill. Since he broke out, it's like it's the headache that you incur, but that's part of why he's cheaper. By the way, that was a season high fouls. The next highest was on um, June 10th when Nate Iavaldi induced 38 against Seattle.
1: Nice. See, I didn't have that yet. So I'm really happy that I <laughs> like, got this in the week to be like, okay, I can put a standard or like a high bar here now.
0: Uh, you, you were 100% right there. Um, so yeah, so Rich Hill, you know what you're dealing I think you got to keep him too because, I mean, he can be so good, and you'll never get a return commensurate with, with, with right, that exactly. potential quality. So you just hang on and kind of ride it out. Um, assuming a modicum of health, right? Maybe one more DL stint. What are you expecting out of Rich Hill the rest of the season?
1: If it's another DL stint, he'll be out for about a month and a half then. Because that's just kind of how Rich Hill works. Is, I, I imagine if it's a DL stint, it's going to be another blister. Which yeah. is the same thing reopened, which I would imagine it takes a longer time than to heal again. Yeah, I uh, and I kind of expect that.
0: I mean, you, you, you have, have to. to. So, right? what are you expecting then? Twelve starts the rest of the season, or something?
1: I mean, if I'm lucky, yeah, that sounds about right. It, then there's also, of course, Dodgeritis trademark. Yep. Which is, you know, how many innings is he going to go? Are they going to let him go five? Is he going to go?
0: Well, they know when to pull the plug on on Rich Hill, though, too, and I kind of respect that. For them, like they know, like no matter how angry he gets, no matter how many coolers he wants to throw, they know when he's cashed, and so they take him out. Right. And I, I think that that you know, again, you bought into the headache. You just got to kind of ride it out, and and I think you'll get plenty of good starts left. Um, you're just kind of hoping that it's a sub four mark because the blow. That's the problem though too. You'll get the good starts, but then a blow up. He's almost better in head to head because. Um, You'll have those great weeks that he's really adding to the bottom line. Sure, yeah. And then that one-off week, maybe you can can, uh, escape it because it's usually – the start ahead of a DL stint for Rich Hill is a nightmare, usually.
1: Right, right. Now he does get the the Pirates, the Padres, and the Angels next, and I'm all for all three of them. Let's go!
0: Yes, absolutely. Now,
1: he might not make that last one because the last one is the day before the All Star break, so they might give him that rest and throw someone else in there. Maybe like Ryu comes back in time, or I don't know,
0: or some Caleb Ferguson bullpen day sort right. of thing. They, they, right. they, that, that's some Dodgeritis right there. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's Rich Hill. Let's briefly talk about Kershaw, right? He did return. Sure. Obviously, he's a monster. Um, he basically, kind of doing his rehab on the fly here. That three-inning start back on June 23rd was, was because um, the rehab start got rained out, I think, in Omaha or something to that effect. So that's why he only threw 55 pitches. Only 68 his last time out, but looked a lot more Kershaw-esque. Um, I'm just flat-out curious what your expectations are of Kershaw the rest of the way.
1: Well, I, I'm, first of all, really impressed that without that limited pitch count, he still went five innings pitch with six Ks and, you know, a sub one whip. That's, that's like... Pete Kershaw right there. <laughs> so, I mean, it was also good to see him throwing his curveball super well. And Agreed. they mentioned this on the broadcast, and I can't agree more, that from Kershaw, what I want to see is him favoring that curveball a bit so he's not scared of it. Because that's, that's yep. the hardest on your back. Uh it's, it's all very about, clear. Yeah.
0: Um I feel like even sometimes when you're watching him labor through curveballs, you're like, oh, God, the back has flared up again.
1: Right, right, yeah, exactly. And so
0: it was nice to see Kershaw look really sharp against the Cubs. They ended up getting trounced in that game, but it was not his fault.
1: So uh, the best I can say as far as what I expect is – I mean, I'm worried that something else will come, come by. It's already been twice this year. I have him at seven on the list. He'll be there at six tomorrow. Okay. I uh, and I mean I just I can't put him back in that you know that holy trinity of Scherzer, Kluber, Sale just yet. Not yet. Um, but he's oh. gonna go above Verlander, who's been struggling gi- lately.
0: You shut your mouth. Let me give you a utopia. He has been. Um, and it's uh, killing my fantasy team. I know people care. Um, let me give you a utopia <laughs> where we've turned injuries off. Yeah. Where would you put him then? Like what what. If we, turn, if we turn back if we turn turn in injuries level? off if we turn yeah. injuries off yeah he's number one he's the best he pitcher on the planet still believe in the skill okay that's all I'm curious of yeah. and I agree that it, that should be the case but I know there's been some wavering kind of in the fantasy baseball community of like we know he's still good but is he still elite And I'm like he is still elite it's really just an innings thing right now and which is why I'm going to have him very similar to to where to where you've got him ranked I mean, um,
1: I think people need to really understand that this wasn't. Even what we saw last this year, which is still a two eight four ERA and a near ten K per nine, he's he was hurt through a good amount of this. That's
0: the that's the most amazing part about Kershaw. Right? He like labored through a two eighty four so far. Yeah. <laughs> he's so ridiculous. Okay, I just wanted your quick thoughts on him. Sure. Uh, let's get into Alex Wood, um, who is basically younger Rich Hill, not because of blisters, but just because of like injuries and uh, always suffering dodgeritis. Good pitcher. I get a lot of heat in whenever I do rankings, not giving him enough credit. Um, maybe that's the case. I, I I've always been skeptical of Alex Wood, mm-hmm. and then last year he looked great. And I started buying in, and then he had that second half from hell, and I was like, "Cool, glad I bought in here." <laughs> so I got to admit, there's probably a little bit of residual bias from that, of the hangover of like even when I did try to give him the the full go, it didn't work. So I am admittedly a little bit at a loss. You know, similar to kind of your outlook, I guess maybe that's gonna be on Skags of like, I acknowledge that he's good. I can never really nail it or feel confident in sure, understanding yeah. I'm seeing, but uh, what what are your thoughts on Alex Wood? 27 year old has a 4 ERA, but a 116 WHIP. Good good component skills around it. Uh, is he going to be someone special in the second half?
1: So uh, so I did actually write about Wood as well because I was uh, I often find myself uh, there's scenarios where I I look at a guy and I think I know them like and then I realize wait I don't actually really know why I feel this way, and so I often write about it when that happens. Mm-hmm. Alex Wood got that treatment because. I was all about Alex Wood velocity watch 2017. He had the great. great velocity in the first half, and then it went down in the second.
0: Well, and it was on everything too. Even his right. secondary pitches, like there was right. just velocity it was just complete,
1: up. complete down. And then there was talk like he felt good in the bullpen. And then he came out and threw higher in one game, then went back down again. It was a complete, you know, and in check in more at 11 p.m. Right? <laughs> and I, uh, so, but what I wrote about was Wood actually made a change this year. He dropped his fastball usage dramatically. Increasing his curveball and change of focus. And normally when that happens, you don't see the the secondary pitches have the same impact. Normally because they're being used more often, they have lower whiff rates or zone rate changes. Something gets tweaked to kind of compensate for the fact that they can't just save this in their back pocket all the time. But with Wood, no. They're, they're just as effective even as he throws it more often, both of those pitches. And if you look at his season thus far, he had two really bad starts. One was in cores, understandable. Uh, He also labored against the Padres, even though it was still 7Ks in one walk. He allowed three home runs in that one. And then he had this kind of rigid start against the Braves where there was an error. And he allowed four runs, but only two earned. And if you look at this, those are the starts where he threw a ton of fastballs. Actually, the only two starts all season, or three. And those were in a row, row. by the way. Yeah, right. 57% and 52.5%. Again, with the Padres and in cores. And I think those were starts where he just didn't have the feel of his curveball as he dropped that usage to 19 and 23. But overall, it's clear it's about 30% usage. Mm -hmm. So I see right now the last four starts, curveball usage back up to 37, 36.5, 26, 33, and he's been great. And I just see a guy that has great secondary pitches. He's using them well, and he's having success with it. And I know the fastball velocity is down, but seeing fastball rates around 45% that's great. I'm totally happy with this. He's, he's one of the more underrated command guys around.
0: I would agree with that, especially because of Wood's mechanics. Right. Um, my buddy Doug Thorburn. Do you know Doug? You know Doug, right? Yes. Our buddy, then. Um <laughs> Calls him the Tasmanian Devil, which I love, uh, based on oh, his that's mechanics. Awesome. I love it, and you know it, they are wild. I I used to compare him to basically left-handed Ibaldo uh, Jimenez, kind of with the way that they would, uh, you know, wind up. And yet he does have great command. Still, he's never had a walk rate over eight percent. Uh, Wood hasn't, and and he is able to consistently find the zone. So that's that's where he greatly differs from Ubaldo Jimenez. They just kind of looked similar. Now his zone rate is down, uh, career low forty percent this year, but it hasn't affected the walk rate at all. It's a four percent. Right. It's actually a career best.
1: It's because he's so, using that curveball and changeup under the zone a lot, exactly. and because he's increasing Getting usage. Changed. Look look at like Masahiro Tanaka. He doesn't have a high zone rate, but yep. he doesn't feature his fastball often. Wood's kind of taking a page from that and having success with it
0: that's a great that's a great comparison there too uh man i wish tanaka would go somewhere where home runs don't exist and then he'd be the best pitcher <laughs> in the world uh all right let's close up uh, the dodgers part here with walker bueller who came back for a real treat now thankfully um he probably wouldn't have been in the lineup for most people fantasy wise because this was basically his rehab was a, um a little relief appearance during that that aforementioned carry uh, Carrie wood why was i gonna say carry
1: shaw i like carry shaw
0: yeah, Clayton Kershaw's start where, <laughs> where I said they got crushed and it wasn't his fault. Uh, a lot of it was Bueller's fault. He actually got obliterated uh, in a relief outing here. So he's back. Uh, one <laughs> inning, five runs. Uh, what, what do you, where, where are you right now after well, missing three weeks of Walker Bueller and coming back to that?
1: Honestly, all right. So the Dodgers rotation is Kershaw stripling Wood Maeda Hill. And mm-hmm. that's, I don't really see this going six man with Bueller getting in there. So you I think he's think out? So. Well, I think, I think they're just going to be patient with him because they also want to maintain his innings. He only has 52 this year. Uh, if you really want to say 51, save for that relief appearance and sure. they want to keep him at about one thirty 140
0: Yeah. And he only so, threw like uh 88 or 98 last year.
1: Right. So they, they want to limit those. And I imagine second half Bueller. I'm all for it. Okay. I think, I think he's going to be great. I, th- I, I think what the Dodgers should do is just leave in the minors for a moment. Uh and they will need a start. With this well, yeah, that's the Dodgers.
0: The thing of it is you set a, a Dodgers five man rotation and it lasts <laughs> those five days right. and then something has happened.
1: Right. I mean it's the opposite of what I say about six man rotations, that they never last. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but then you also have Ryu coming back somewhat mm-hmm. soon, maybe. Who knows? I mean it's Ryu. Uh, but I think they're going to just be patient with this cause they don't need to rush it. And he has options. He can go to the minors and hang out there. And yeah. he looked bad in that one minor league. So sure. All right. Just, I'm sorry. My, that one inning of relief,
0: just hang out in the minors. It's But fine. Don't they care about our fantasy teams? Nick? Yeah. Don't they care about our fantasy teams? It's the Dodgers. I know. I'm AJ Hinch no does, team though. does. That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> but yeah, of, co- of course they don't. And, um, you're, you're right. I mean, they, they they don't really have any reason why they have to bring him up right? and and have him even pitching in the bullpen. They can keep him on a, on a steady five-man down in the uh, minors for Walker Buehler. He's got 65 innings so far this year. You're, you're figuring he can kind of double that, and they're going to want to space those out, and there's going to be times where he's just kind of sitting on the shelf for 10 days and that sort of stuff. It's going to be a pain in the butt.
1: There is one thing that we never talk about in fantasy, and that's playoffs, and – you would think that the Dodgers would want him around in some capacity.
0: Absolutely, and you so, have to be cognizant of exactly. that with young guys on quality teams that they're going to manipulate that because they're thinking seven month season, not right. six. Exactly. So, what are you doing with Beeler then? Let's say in mixed leagues that are redraft, mm-hmm. and uh, twelve teams are fewer, and you got kind of a kind of a wild card here that might not even be in the majors I, a I would
1: bit. like I would like to hold on to it if possible because I have to imagine he won't last on the waiver wire there'll be not not a team a that has it so it really depends on what my situation is with my team uh if if I'm at the the essentially if I'm in the bottom half I can't risk that if I'm in the top half I'm going to try and make myself survive without uh one bench spot because come playoff time
0: I want to have Walker Buehler on my team so if you're in the bottom half, but you're close and you're trying to make a push, is Walker Buehler somebody you dangle out there? Knowing oh, yeah, 100%. You might not get full, full value because he is uh, right. in limbo with his spot right now. But you just say, hey, listen, guys, I need a big bat or I need somebody yeah. who's pitching.
1: Talk, talk to one of the top two guys. I mean, yeah. with every trade, you look at what you have and who needs that. You don't actually look for what you want first. Uh, so I would yeah, talk you got to find, one of the top you gotta guys. find a buyer. Right. You, want, you look at the top guys and see someone – the worst one with pitching there. But you want to beat that guy? Well, I have Walker Buehler. He can get for cheap. That can that can help come September.
0: Especially like you're saying, head-to-head league where you're going to have playoffs. Somebody right. would want to stash him for a playoff run. That makes sense with Walker Buehler. All right. Let's finish up uh, with just kind of a check-in on Tyler Skaggs. And when I texted you about this, I was like, this is not a gotcha. Like, oh. No, no. Of course let's, not. Let's expose you because um, – uh, even when we talked about him, and we actually talked about him on the rank cast when I was a little bit higher, but that was more just kind of had him somewhere. Whereas you were like, I don't really buy this. Right. He's continued to do it, but nothing. I haven't seen a whole lot of change still. Except the the change up's still a big deal, and that was what we talked about on the show. Fastball has been a big deal, but but how is Tyler Skaggs still toting a 264-122 combo, which, by the way, is a little bit of an off combo. When the whip's that high and the ERA is that low, ERA is usually going to bump up. So I still right. think there's there's movement on that ERA go, to go upwards, but not to an obscene level. So still, still performing well right now. Uh, has Tyler Skaggs changed your opinion at all?
1: Do you know the teams that Tyler Skaggs has played in the past month and a half?
0: Is it straight garb?
1: It's okay. Since uh, let's go with since May eleventh, okay.
0: I know it's, he faced my beloved Tigers.
1: It's the Twins. It's the Rays. It's the Jays. It's the Tigers. It's the Rangers. It's the Twins. It's the A's. It's the Royals. It's the Orioles.
0: Oh my God! And the Tigers were the team that beat him.
1: Yeah, that was that
0: was five that's runs. the funniest
1: part. That's quite. I didn't actually realize that uh, he's only allowed three on runs in his last five games, and that was Combined. Rangers, Twins A's. Yes, uh, Royals Orioles. Um, I mean, this is of course in the first half of it. He faced a lot of tough teams: Seattle, New sure. York, Astros, uh, Red Sox, Indians, and he did well overall. Only one game of those over two and runs. Uh, that was six hundred runs against the Boston Red Sox. But I mean, okay, what I see in Skaggs as I see a whiff rate go up in his four seamer. He's throwing an elevated. Went from six point eight percent to over eleven percent this season. He's throwing it a ton. That's where his massive seven point seven p val is. Mm-hmm. And he's done a good job of keeping that elevated, and it's having a lot of success. And that's okay. nice. That's good. I don't see another secondary pitch, pitch that is just stealing my heart. <laughs> uh, and I don't think his added changeup is really that great. It's fine. And
0: we, we even acknowledge that, that like he was using it more, but that it wasn't great it was really i mean the results were but but you're still concerned with the quality of the this of the really, change up for scabs really
1: seems like a still a sell high to me especially with that strength of schedule that you just had uh, which i didn't even realize until this very moment
0: well it and now he's poor you, now you have a firmer ground to sell high though too because now you're talking about 92 innings of right. strong work that you should be able to go out into the market and say yo i can i gotta get something real for skags now OK, well, I just that's, want to check in on, on that. And like <laughs> I said, I kind of alluded to him earlier with the wood thing where it's like sometimes you have guys that you can't quite figure out. And outside of a, a, a bigger wholesale change, you're not really going to believe in it. And I, I I understand that I have I have pictures like that. Um, I'm a little like I said, I'm just a little bit higher on Skaggs, but not somewhere where I'm bending over backwards. I think he's probably a three five by season's end. I think that's I where mean- he's at.
1: All right. Well, this is what I'll ask you then. Uh, I have Skaggs at 38 right now. He's going to be yeah. a little bit higher because I need to move a couple guys lower.
0: Well, that's the thing now. You're not even like low on him.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just he's he settles to me in, like the middle of the 30s. He's close to Ross Stripling. Okay. Uh, I, I think I slightly favor Ross Stripling. Yeah, uh, I believe funny. His approach a little bit
0: more. And this is because the the time discrepancy. But in my last update, Skaggs was forty six. So you're currently higher on him <laughs> than I am. And I, I eyeballing it, I'll probably be similar to you. So maybe I'm not higher. Oh, we're just kind of the same. But yeah. we are saying I, I do fully agree with sell high. I will say that right. if only if only because of the injury uh, history. Mm-hmm. Like that that alone is enough for me to sell, let alone uh, the performance if there's any concerns there. So anyway, just to check in there, yep. basically an L.A. cast uh, for everybody. We're, we're just going to tour every city now. We did Colorado <laughs> last, last uh, time. We, should, we should get a
1: nice little um, animation, you know, of, and we of just, two of us, us in a moving van. moving around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: we're in San Diego next. We're doing an hour so, on Eric Lauer. Does someone uh, want to yeah.
1: make an image for us of us hanging out in a van um, and like uh, a nationwide tour with, yeah, with Paul Samara, around and
0: I love it. I love it. All right, man. Well, great talking with you on this uh, Sunday afternoon fireside. Uh, Enjoy your your evening engagement, and I'll talk to you next week.
1: See you, sport. (laughs)
0: What an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league. Well, look no further and download squad QL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download squad QL for free for your Apple and Android devices. Squad QL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play Stores to download Squad QL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. Squad QL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL